Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast. This is episode 29, a long time coming, and we have a very special guest with us. We have Jenna. Yes, Jenna. Hello. Jenna's lit picks, not Jenna's lipsticks. <laughs> I get that wrong every single time. It's Jenna's lit picks picks so thank you jenna um thank you for coming on i wanted to invite you because i've been following you for a while um i'm not really reading ya right now but i still like will like peep on your videos i'm like oh so i have to add that to my tbr now <laughs> oh that one too i think i think you did a book of the month like video and that's how i found you and i was like it was like i don't know why it was like when everybody was posting their book of the month videos and i don't know maybe it wasn't a book of the month but i saw you and i was like oh i like her I want oh, her on the podcast. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. And then I started following you and I love your content. I think I always have to say that to like the guests because I'm like, I genuinely like everybody who comes on and like, I love their content. And I'm like, your Instagram photos are the <laughs> most aesthetically pleasing photos I've yeah. ever seen. The color. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful. So do you want to kind of introduce yourself for the guests, for the listeners? Yeah. So I'm Jenna. Like she said, my handle is Jenna's Lit Picks. And I like to talk about books on several platforms, but primarily TikTok and Instagram. And I actually started both of them on the same day on May 13th of 2020. So I need to recently hit my one year anniversary on both, which is pretty exciting. Wow. Congratulations. Thank yes. you. Thank you. That's I feel like it's weird to think that like a year has passed. Like yeah. this year has felt like maybe six months has passed, but then like the last three months have felt like a whole year. If anybody knows what I mean, like it just, the last three months have gone by so slow, but like May to December whiplash. I don't remember anything that happened or the books that I read last <laughs> year, they've kind of flown over, but um, kind of to start off our talking today, I was gonna, wanted to know what's your background with reading so like what books did you read as a kid as a teen versus like what you're reading now yeah so I have been a pretty big reading fiend probably since like first grade and it's a funny like cute story right so very academically inclined child semi-competitive had a friend who could read chapter books better than me I was very jealous and so like little seven-year-old me was like mom dad I want to be a better reader like put me in tutoring like I literally asked to be put in tutoring um, which I try to get out of once I started because tutoring is not like that fun <laughs> but I stuck it out and it was really great I had a great tutor and I was able to read faster and I was able to like start reading chapter books so like Magic Treehouse and Goosebumps and things like that um were things like I was reading in elementary school and then Gail Carson Levine The Two Princesses of Bamar was like one of my favorite fantasy kind of books and I used to reread it every year up until like seventh grade um so yeah it was like I mean, I keep a collection. I started writing all the books I've read in sixth grade. So from sixth grade until now, I have them here. In, um, but they're Yeah, in this. It's documented wait, wait. by school year. So holy cow. My pride and joy. The documentation for right. that. If you don't mind asking, how old are you now? I'm now I'm 24. So I think this is like what I was 11, sixth grade, oh. right? So yeah that's 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 dedication like really I <laughs> I think I started the amount of like book like related journals I have started and not completed is astronomical but wow that's like 
<laughs> I mean, we're kind of like, we are like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we need to get on, back onto our, back onto our journals. That's amazing. It's crazy. Cause like, I usually say that like, I'm going to start a book journal and like, I'm gonna put it together and I'm going to do this. And I see it out in my head, writing everything that I want down. And then I just can't do it. I don't know. Maybe it's something about my mind. Cause like, I'm usually that type. I, I don't know if it's like the artist in me that like wants to put everything out on paper, but then the physical <laughs> connection is not really there. It's, yeah. It's procrastinator yeah. and grace. That's like, no, I'm going to push it off. But uh, my question is when you first started that in the, when you were 11, did you like, were you rating the books as well? Or were you just writing like the author's name and the book title? Wow. Yeah. Author and book title. Just kept it really simple. So it's broken up by school year. And then now I do it by like calendar year. Cause that's, I mean, I'm not like in school, so I don't need to track it like that anymore. And then I would also split up between school year and summer. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was like that. I remember like, cause that dedication to like continue reading throughout your school life because I I know a lot of readers like will pick it up at a young age then drop off then pick it up back in high school a little bit and then drop off and then now especially pick it back up but that's that's so that's really cool are there any series so you mentioned like Magic Treehouse and Goosebumps did you Mm -hmm. read like the full series because those series have so many books but what do you remember like any specific Magic Treehouse book that was your favorite no I couldn't tell you that but the, the series I followed was The Click and I reg- I gave them to half price books when I was doing like I'm a big kid I'm gonna like clean out my books and I very much regret that decision. Oh, all of Lisey Harrison's work. That the nostalgia that that would bring now if you could do like a video like these are like the original like my original ride or die book series would be this. Yeah. Um. So, kind of like as you're reading now, like, do you see like similarities in like what you used to read as a child and what you read now? So like, are there similar themes that like for fantasy, did you read a lot fantasy as a child or did you read more like contemporary? I read a lot of fantasy as a kid. Uh, So that has obviously continued. I'm pretty much exclusively fantasy and romance, um, which romance didn't really start for me, like true romance books until probably senior year of high school. Yeah, um, but I did read more contemporary when I was younger. Like, I mean, like books like The Click. I would read like all the like, um, yeah, kind of like the girls in school like groups types of stories. I would read those summer tales like Camp Confidential. That was like another like really long series that I would follow. Um, but yeah, but now I'm like mm, people's <laughs> lives that are normal. No, usually if it's like not a romance book, I don't care about it as much. But I, I have been like right now I'm reading a YA contemporary that's pretty good. Um, so that's good, but mm, I like things that are fantastical a bit. Why live in like reality when you can be in like a fantasy world? Like that's the point of reading is to escape from reality for a while. Yeah. 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 I think that it's funny. Cause like, um, there's this TikTok going around right now and it's this sound saying like, um, a TV show becomes your favorite or like a TV show that you fall in love with easily is because whatever that tv show has it's what you're directly missing or what you don't have and i'm like that's how it is with books mm-hmm. because it's like the ones that most of us gravitate towards are like the ones with these epic adventures and these amazing lives and fantasy and magic and heart throbbing romances and it's just like yeah because i'm over here sitting in my room and um 
don't have yep. <laughs> out like it's, it's, I I like to say when I read up like a goblin because I put like a blanket over my head I like wrap myself up in like blankets and I'm like sitting there huddled with like a flashlight reading um and like it's so funny because like I think readers all of us we all have like this inherent like love for escapism like yeah like escapism especially with the last year of escapism so what I'm gonna take Grace's question and how did you okay. start your book talk slash your bookstagram like what made you do that final push to be like I'm gonna start this did you see somebody else or were you just like I'm just gonna do this for fun yeah so like when I was working I we stopped kind of going in the office around April so I you know I my commute was pretty long it was commuting like an hour to work so I got two hours back every day I stopped doing things, obviously, because we were in the throes of the pandemic. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I was like one of those people that was around at the beginning of YouTube, but I never like made a YouTube because of, you know, editing and cameras. And that was just like a lot of work. Uh, but Instagram, I was already using it for personal use. And TikTok, those were things that were like very easily accessible, right? You just need a phone for the most part and you can make it happen. And I know for TikTok specifically, I noticed a lack of at least on what I was seeing, a lack of creators of color in the book community. And I was like, yeah, let me do this, right? And then maybe other people might see me and be like confident and, and feel like they can enter that space too. Not to act like, oh, you know, I'm gonna make this yeah. change, but I'm like, you know, it is a comfort to not feel like you're the only one. And so I was like, let me just do it. Mm -hmm. And I did it and I was having a ball and then I made some friends and it's been good. Yeah. yeah. I remember that time of TikTok, like when everybody was kind of like launching their TikTok in like right here in May or, you know, in June and most of the creators, they were white and most of the bigger creators, they were, you know, and like, I remember feeling like really down because I was just like, well, there's nobody really like me out there. There's no one really who looks like me or who sounds like me so I was just like you know what we're gonna go out there we're gonna try to find people and then you know through a series of events more people of color started coming out and started making their own book talks and I was just like this is amazing it is, I was yeah. so happy the more that I started seeing them and like scrolling through my for you page every time I see one I'm just like oh yes more of us we're there we're here yeah just look for us and older readers too, because at first it was like very high school. And I was like, yes, stressed out a little bit. I was like, oh, am I too old to do, to do oh, that? Yeah. I can't speak on diversity, but I can speak on like the older readers because I'm 22. I'm not 22. I'm 20, comma, two. Yeah. But like, I feel like the a lot of like bigger creators are very young as well. I noticed that and I'm like, I'm like in my 20s. I'm reading like romance, like where are my people at even though I'm like in between like the older and the younger generation that are on I mean older like 23 to like 27 is like the older people on TikTok when they're not really that old they're still young mm -hmm. but thanks <laughs> thanks thanks for that love you yeah, she just called us old right <laughs> um but I also I noticed this like you we saw when Ama and her platform really changed in January we saw this like exponential growth of TikTok or book talk especially with mm -hmm. like the New York Times magazine article and all of that stuff so like how did that affect your platform mm, I don't think it affected mine that much to really? be honest with you 
I feel like I've been, I'm very grateful for the followers that I have, but I, I've been around for a year and I think like I'm at a, a good amount of followers and everything, but I wasn't one of the people that like ballooned. Mm-hmm. I remember like early on, I did like a series of videos for Sarah Rash, the author for Juneteenth. And that gave, kind of gave me a big kind of boost of followers. And I did like another video kind of calling out something on that I was seeing in the book community um, in the summertime. But my growth has been very, um, very steady. Mm-hmm. And I do think, cause I was in the creator fund for a little bit and I did it, I got out of that. And that's actually when I saw myself starting to do better. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was directly impacted by okay. the articles. Yeah. I heard a lot that like the creator fund for like people who are under like a hundred thousand are like the creator fund, like kind of shadow bans you. Is that true? I mean, I, I was in it for a lot, like pretty much once I was able eligible, I joined. And so for the whole time I was in it, it was pretty steady. But when I left, I was like, wow, I actually have more videos that take off. Obviously some ideas are just better than others, but I just feel like I've had more growth and it wasn't really making anything and I wasn't really doing it for the money. So I was like, I'd rather not make anything and have my videos go out to people because that's how I want people to see what I'm creating than make, you know, six cents um, and no one really see my video. Yeah, that's that's interesting because they say like they like make the creator fund this like big thing, but it's really for big creators who are getting millions of views a day. Yeah. And it's not. I just, I feel like they created this creator fund as like an incentive to like grow your platform and stuff, but it's not, it's, it's only, it really helps only those who already had a big platform when they created it, sadly. Um, Grace, I'll give you the next question because I'm taking all the uh, questions. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's okay. I just get going. I'm like, well, I need to know this now. I need to know this. <laughs> It's okay. Um, so what are some of the struggles that you have faced as a book talker? Um, struggles. I think it's just like the discourse and book talk in general. Like I will be honest and say for the most part, I haven't had to deal with nastiness. Like I don't usually get a lot of rude comments. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. I haven't had to deal with some of the things like my peers have. I don't really have people coming in my DMs too much. Um, I mean, sometimes I have intrusive, I'm not really intrusive, but I just feel like sometimes people try to, you know, if you speak out on something, people try to make you like the expert and like, oh, what are you going to do about this? Are you going to speak about that? And I'm very much like, if I'm going to speak about it, I'm going to speak about it. And if I'm not, I'm not. And I also like, I talk about more social issues on my Instagram than my TikTok, just because it's a lot easier to just repost something or put something in a caption and make a whole video for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think also people kind of get caught up in like, if I don't see you doing this on this platform that you're not being active. And I don't think that's accurate because I'm pretty you know, active in my real life too with a lot of things that I've done. So mm-hmm. I'm really not worried about that, but I don't, I don't feel like I've had like any struggles. Yeah. It's just been, a, it's been a journey. It's been fun. That's good. Yeah. But nothing like nothing to report. It's, it's funny that you say that. Cause like, as soon as like, you say something as soon as you speak out as soon as you put a video out saying something everyone will come at you saying something like what else is going to happen what else are you going to do and it's kind of like well I spoke about this because I felt like I needed to say something but you also as like you know somebody watching videos you can go get your own information you don't need to come directly to me 
to find out more about this or more about this one thing that I said. It's also about you checking your own facts. And I feel like a lot of younger people forget that, that there's more than one place to get their information from. And they are just like, well, this is the one person that I follow. So she's going to have everything for me. She's going to know everything that I have to know about this one thing. But it's like, there are so many other platforms. There's so many other ways and other resources that you can get information to make yourself have the whole picture, you know, but people kind of forget that. And I feel like that's where I'm hesitant on speaking out on certain things where other people are are doing much better job than me and Mm -hmm. other people are more informed. And I'm just like, this is the video that you should watch. This is who you should listen to. Meanwhile, in real life, you know, doing everything that you can as much as possible, just because people don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I I I put that disclaimer. I'm always like, sorry. I'm always like, you know, oh, I always encourage you to do your own research, right? Because like, I'm me and I'm going to take in stuff and I'm not going to be right about everything because I'm human and humans make mistakes. So you do your own research and formulate your own opinions and based on your own life experiences. Yeah, Yeah. I feel that too. I feel like, I feel like, especially with this, like the younger generation on TikTok, they always expect you to have all the answers, but then like, there are those creators who have those answers and they have them in like a Google drive or they have resources for people to to, like go and read, but people aren't actively going to read them. They're just wanting, oh, I want a video about it. Like I want Mm -hmm. you to tell me, I don't want to do the research. And I feel like that's, that's kind of become problematic within the book community. Cause I think we've all seen the post about the cancellation of authors that a book talker, a bookstagrammer posted and everybody has been talking about it because it's like, well, you didn't even do the research yourself to understand why these things are problematic. You didn't understand why these authors haven't been canceled, but they've been called out on their problematic issues, especially with like Emily Duncan, like the things that they did and everybody was talking about it. And like, I think Faye, God bless Faye, they are the best. I think that their videos are very well educated, especially for a 16 year old. I feel like Faye is really, I respect Faye so much when it comes to the amount of research they put into their videos. And if you Mm -hmm. ever need to be educated, I always go to Faye because Faye just is so easy to learn from. And Faye has a lot of resources that you can ask for. But I think people need to realize that you can't just go to a creator and demand that they give you all the receipts for something when you have Google. You have Twitter, like book Twitter, booktube, bookstagram, you can pull from multiple resources. And I feel like there's that lack of just common, like, what is that common, like knowledge just to look mm-hmm. it up yourself now. Yeah. I'm not Google. I think Melissa, Melissa talks about this where like, people will like slide into your DMs and ask you a question when you've made a video on it. Or you have some post about it and you're like, Google, just Google mm-hmm. it, please. Yeah. I don't even think that's a book community issue. I just think that's the nature of like social media in our society right now is people just want access to easy information. And I also think it's unfortunate because like, as you mentioned, Faye, there's a lot of younger creators, especially like in high school that I feel like people gravitate towards and demand, especially creators of color. Um, and I just feel like that's such a burden. Like, yeah. do, you, do they have the emotional capacity you know broadband right now to be engaging in all of this because usually these conversations are really heavy and people need to take a break and shouldn't feel like they're obligated or else they're letting people down that's not fair especially for a teenager to be pressured into speaking about a topic that 
maybe Faye or another creator doesn't know much about and is trying to actively research, but then there's this demand, like, why aren't you speaking about it? Why haven't you talked about this? And it's like, I can't, some one creator can't address every single issue in the book. Like a one, mm -hmm. person, you cannot expect that from one person. And that's, I think, what is the beauty of social media and book talk is that one creator could specialize in one thing, another creator can specialize in another thing. And I think that's something that we've come to learn on book talk, especially with like, but there's still so many problems <laughs> with book talk as well that just, there's a list, a list mm -hmm. of things that are wrong with book talk. Yeah. As well. But there's a lot of good there that is. comes along with it. And I feel like, um though this community has like so many problems but the good part of it the good side of it is is like being able to connect with people and being able to share your interests with people and um kind of how, how do i say this i want to solidify their love of reading through uh camaraderie and I feel like, you know, people talking about books that they love, like, honestly, like your reviews, I love them so much because they're Thank like so to the point and, you know, so quick, but just like the real chunk of what I want from a review. And it's just like, those are the people that you like to see come on your page. And those are the people who make it kind of like a, a good and safe space for, especially for younger people who are coming into the reading community and who are just opening up that side of themselves. Not like mm -hmm. not everybody started reading when they were like really, really young. You know, some people are just picking it up now and how sad it would be for them to just be stepping into the community and then to be turned away by the toxicity that everybody else has. And so, that's why I try to kind of keep my page as like funny and lighthearted and like, you know, kind of relatable um, because I can't do reviews because I have not read as much as everybody else. So I'm catching up, guys. I'm catching two month, yeah. two month uh, reading slump. <laughs> oh, Grace, her two month reading slump. Felt, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> if you like smut, just read smut. That always gets me out of it. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> the, I have gotten her on the off campus series. I have a list uh -huh. of what she needs to read. I, she just is starting to finish off campus but i have a list for her to read i'm like i i gotcha i gotcha i i yeah. love i love fantasy fantasy is my good my heart but uh i do need a little a little a little palate cleanser every now and then yeah fantasy makes your brain work you like you need to yeah. shut it down for a second yeah yeah i i think my fantasy book that i'm gonna try to read it's like a more of adult fantasy it's I, priory of the orange tree I'm going to try to like slowly to start getting into fantasy because it's a big book. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to read it within a month. I'll just read a couple like 100, 200 pages at a time. Sit and think about it because I know, have you read it before? I put it down. I'm, I'm like on page 150. Oh my gosh. I put I, a lot of books down. So yeah, I heard nothing but good reviews about it, but I also heard it's like forever to get through. And I'm so nervous for that book. It's Oh, it's eyeing me right now. And I'm like, I don't even want to look at you. I'm like, block it out of my mind. But it's like the first book I'm going to try to read. I, I love how like, you're like, I'm going to get into fantasy. Let me start with the biggest book I can find ever, right? The biggest one. I'm going all in guys. Yeah. That's you could have eased yourself in a little bit there. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to read namesake. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I'm going to try to read namesake after I finish this book that I'm reading. 
and try to get back into YA again because I feel like I've taken this adult romance even contemporary I read a lot of contemporary romance right now so I'm gonna try to ease back with pirates I think pirates will be my good way to get back into it but kind of to keep this going um what are the book series that you would recommend forever so like a book series one or two that you would just continue to recommend to any new reader or anybody who comes across your page and they ask for a book recommendation okay this one's older but Graceling the Graceling realm I discovered that in sixth grade and I've read that book. I think that's the book I've reread the most. Um, and so they're really good. I think they're good for people who are getting into fantasy. They have a nice touch of romance. Like I was like 12, like, ooh, kissing. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, it's really good. And I, I'm going to read it again soon. Um, so that is one I would say. And then maybe another one is a new one to me with the Ember and the Ashes. Definitely not for every reader because it's a little heavier, but <sighs> I think this is good because it's upper YA too. So you could be younger and it's not like too sexual or anything that you could read it. And then you could be older and really connect with a lot of the themes in it as well. So I'll give you those too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really <laughs> The Graceling is good. Very good. I, I remember reading that in high school. I think it was like mm-hmm. my ninth grade year. And I picked it up solely for the name because I was just like, that's <laughs> a good name. name gotta pick it out you know that's that's it's calling my name I have to get it right yeah. yep. right I remember falling in love you can so much right with here. it those are my Graceling books right here with the new covers <laughs> I'm just noticing them I have them on ebook because they were on like when Win- Winter Keep came out they were all like 199 because I, oh, I if you ever want an ebook deal I am your girl oh yeah we'll definitely come to you for ebook deals i i'm actually thinking about getting a kindle because i've tried to i i I read a lot on my phone and i think it's starting to mess with my eyesight now because Mm -hmm. i'm already like needing to get new glasses because i can't read far distances already with my glasses on which is a little Mm -hmm. unnerving because i'm like working at i'm at work and i work in a bookstore and i'm like trying to look for signs and i'm like vincent i can't read that and he's like you know what the sign says, right? And I'm like, yeah, that says YA, but I can't read that sign. <laughs> so I I love an Ember in the Ashes too. I have the fairy loot editions of those. Those are, I think those are, that's one of my favorite YA series is an Ember in the Ashes. Have not finished it. I refuse to read the last book because I do not want it to end. I just want to think about it. And then I'm waiting for Grace to read it as well. I'm getting there. I'm getting, like I said, I'm moving at a glacier okay it's taking some time um it's it's funny because like I didn't start reading until about this time last year again Mm -hmm. Uh, like I I call it my six-year reading slump gotcha (laughs) I was just like I'm not reading anything and then I picked it up again and so I'm now reading books for the first time that people have read years past like you know of course I went through like the Actar series and I went through like Cruel Prince during that era of like book talk where they were just mm-hmm. pushing everything out but now I'm getting to like the the nitty-gritty series of like books like the Ember and the Asters I have to finish that I just read We Hunt the Flame I'm, I'm finishing up that one I have like a darker shade of man- magic that I have to finish that and I have all the books I haven't got to the rest of them yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think there's a lot of pressure. I, I feel it now, but like, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I work at a bookstore. I'm on break right now. I don't have to worry about the outside life. I'm just cruising reading, but like when I'm like going back to school, I'm like, 
how am I going to manage running a podcast, running a social media account and reading all at the same time? Like Mm -hmm. I imagine like you have a full-time job. Grace has a full-time job. And I'm like, what's going to happen once I get a full-time job and I like graduate and stuff and I have to sit there at work and actually work and not think about fantasy books. Like how can I manage? I don't know how y'all do it. I just learned to stop comparing. Cause I remember at first I was comparing myself to high schoolers. I'm like, that is not even, it's not comparable. Right. (laughs) I don't have summer vacation, all this. And even being on like bookstagram, which has more adults, different people have different work lives. Some people, you know, don't work. And so it's just like, I gotta stop comparing myself to people when I don't even know what's going on in their lives. And so I'm like, let me just focus on me, which means taking bulk batches of photos, which means recording more videos on the weekend and then just posting things when I have time. I'm definitely less strict with my bookstagram than here. Like bookstagram, I'm like, oh, I haven't posted in a week. I'll just pop in my stories. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. It's just like, do what you can do. Yeah, because I mean, there's always someone who's gonna do more than you, so you can't even worry about that. Yeah, I mean, there's people who read like 18 books a week. That, that's literally like Kindle Unlimited Smutty Reads, so I can understand where that's coming from. But I'm just like, oh, sweetie, how do you remember some of the books you read? I was like, I would forget. How, I mean, I've I've forgotten like half of the books that I read last year. I don't know about mm-hmm. anybody else, but I read like 112 books. 70 to 60% of those, I don't even remember what they were about, which See, is... I retain the plot. I just don't retain character names, but I can tell you what it was about for the most part. I'm the reverse. I can remember character names, but the plot, that person died, had no idea. I totally forgot about that. It went right over my head. And for me, it's usually like the magic system that I gravitate towards. I'm like, oh yeah, in this book, they have this type of magic. And that one, they do this. And this one, they do that. The magic system is more what I pay attention to. That's because you want to you have those powers. You're like, oh, I would know how to do in this society. <laughs> Grace likes to think she's a werewolf, but she's a witch. She has werewolf tendencies, but she's a witch. She likes mm-hmm. to say like, oh, I always gravitate towards the werewolf. And I'm like, no, you're a witch. Like she always talks about like magic systems and stuff. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're calling yourself a wolf? You <laughs> talk about magic and being a witch? Who wouldn't want to be a werewolf? It would be very cool. Yeah, they're like the best shifters. Yes. I mean, I I don't know. I think I would want to shift into like, I don't know why, but a snake. I want to be a snake. I, I... I don't know why just a black uh, there's like these uh ball pythons that are like cinnamon and they like ha- are iridescent so they look like rainbow that's the snake I want to be able to transform into wow that's- you want to look pretty yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, get that. I don't there's no other purpose that I just want to be able to sit there bask and look pretty <laughs> and not have to do anything I love that love that mm-hmm. I mean that's yeah so Go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, oh, are you sure? (laughs) Yes, go, go, go. So I was going to say, how do you deal with the pressure of giving an honest review? So like if if you've had like a publisher sent you a book or something and you didn't honestly like it, how do you have you ever like given like a bad review after somebody had given you a book? And did you feel bad for not liking it? Like, how did you deal with that? Honestly, no, because I feel like my integrity as a reviewer is more important than like making a publisher feel good. Plus yeah. books are subjective. Cause, so just because I didn't like it, and I try to stress this, like just because I didn't like it doesn't mean someone else isn't going to love it, right? Um, like there's a book that I got an ARC for that I didn't have a review out for like a month after publication because I didn't like it. I actually DNF'd the book, but I read about 50%. So I still like put a review out there. 
but I, but I didn't put a review on my TikTok. Um, I, I always get kind of weird, like if the book is really right. So if a publisher sends me a book, I'm always going to review it, but I try to keep my page books. I enjoyed mm-hmm. for the most part. And yeah. like, for me, I could give a book a three star, which is not like the highest rating, but I could still be like, I'm going to continue on, or I think you should still read it, mm-hmm. but I didn't love it. Um, but if I don't have anything positive to say, I'll probably just keep that on a like Goodreads or something. I don't think I would, unless it's was like really problematic. I'm like, ah, eh, you know, I don't need to bash this author's book mm-hmm. on my platform per se. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, like, I, don't... I, I also think a lot of people forget that reading is very subjective. So there are a lot of books that, I mean, I, <laughs> I read 365 days. It's the movie 365 days is a book. I yeah. read it is the most problem like it's not even like like I've read darker romance books it's not even that it's just like bad it's bad mm-hmm. book. and then people in the comments I put like a spoiler a full spoiler review and people are like oh I'm still gonna read this book this book was amazing and I'm like that's great you do you sweetheart I hated this book <laughs> I, I was able to read the whole book in like a, less than a day but I regret the whole thing I spent a day wasted on that book but I, I also I also think that like that's what I wanted to do with my page is like if I get a book that I didn't really like I don't want to put it out there that like I didn't like it I want to keep like books that you see on my page are ones that I want you to read so I, I I like that idea of keeping if you want to see like my honest review and stuff good putting on good reads of like the books that I have read that I don't post about on my page I think that's very interesting because I want to start doing that more of more reviews on books. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a set um, rating system that you kind of like adhere to? Or do you kind of just kind of go with the flow when you finish the book, you just put what, whatever star rating? Or do you have like, no, it's this criteria that it has to meet? Yes, um, but it kind of fluctuates. Like it's not as stringent as some people that I've seen. Um, and I also think I'm better at rating like fantasy and contemporary. I'm still working on how I rate like pure smut so yeah. I was just like yeah, how do I rate that right good yeah. sex or like plot like um so I'm working on that but usually so I don't give a lot of five stars I'm not as stingy as some people but I'm not as like generous as others but I will say like for five stars there's like a feeling mm-hmm. and they're like it's like the vibes mm-hmm. of the book but it's so true because to me if I have to really think about if this book is a five star it's not a five star Mm-hmm. so that's like how I know for that I'm like if I'm really thinking about it then it might be a 4.75 or a 4.5 but most of my books are in the 3 to 3.75 rating um, and then if I like really like it it's going to be a 4 and above or there's books that I don't necessarily like love but I have to appreciate the craft so much that it'll get a four star like Piranesi by Susanna Clark I, I was like I need you need to read this book again like she was doing a lot of cool things with the story. It wasn't necessarily a book that I was like enamored with, but I appreciated what the author did. And I definitely think she accomplished what she was going for. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be a four star because the crafting of this novel was superb. And like, who am I to, to knock that? Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Because like there for five star reads for me, it's like the book had to meet, like make me really feel something in order for me to like be hung up on it like if it makes me cry if it makes me like have to put the book down and walk around for a little bit if I have to like if I fall in love with like the storyline and the relationships that the characters build 
that's like a five star read for me. Usually my sweet spot is like at a like a four because I don't I have been fortunate enough not to read any books that were like not good at all. Again, mm -hmm. I'm trying to catch up through all of these amazing books that people have been reading. So I haven't, I've been fortunate that most of my reads have been four stars, which means it's, it was a good book. I enjoyed it. I was able to get through it very quickly. I, wa I was interested in these characters and what happened even after the books, like what kind of lives they lived or whatever. I wanted to be in that world. If I give yeah. a book like a three stars, it's like I got through it. I got through it and it was decent. It was okay. Um, and anything below that, it's like I struggled to get through it. I finished <laughs> it. I didn't want to. <laughs> and there it is. That's I think also people need to realize that like a three out of five doesn't mean it was a bad book. Like mm -hmm. a three out of five is like over like over 50%. So that's like good. I mean, like if I had over 50% on my counting test, I'd be happy. So I think <laughs> getting over half, I mean, 30% is what? Um, 60%, three, three out of five is 60% math. Mm -hmm. I'm a counting major. I should know this. Okay. Um, but like a 60%, like if I got a 60% throughout all of my accounting, that'd be great that'd be solid. So I think a lot of people realize that like reading is so subjective, especially when it comes to book ratings. Like yeah. I, I also think that like that kind of goes into like the book age ratings of books. I try to like, I read a lot of smut. So I'm like 18 plus, like this is really 18 plus because I feel like a lot of, even in like YA, there are some books where I'm like, I don't think a 13 year old could comprehend the vast, themes because I feel like a lot of themes that are in those like older YA books because YA spans from 12, 13-ish to 18, which is like yeah. the five years difference between like me at 13. I was the cringiest 13 year old. <laughs> because I'm it's not it's not just five years. It's it, within those five years, there's so much mental maturity going on yeah. and growing and there's so much happening within the life that between one year and the next, the maturity level is completely different and what people are able to comprehend. Not saying that people who are much younger cannot comprehend or understand deeper themes of certain books, but it's um, like a while ago, I think Melissa, Eamon and Maggie and I, we were all talking about this kind of age rating thing. And then literally after we hopped off live i saw this TikTok of this mom talking with her two sons and she was like okay to the younger son she's just like okay i need you to go upstairs right now because i need to talk with some things with your older brother and then he's just like but why and then she's just like okay well we talked about this right you understand um generics generalities but you do not know specifics and specifics are for when you get older to understand that so you can understand the general picture of something but to understand how the specifics and how things work and very detailed things about whatever it is mm -hmm. certain ages aren't ready for that until they like start picking it up and that can go into like you know into sex or into more than that it's not just like the sexual content it's so much more than that and I think people kind of younger people kind of get offended and be like well I can handle that I was I started reading Wattpad when I was like 13 and it's just like okay but same all, I did but that didn't help me at all in life <laughs> yeah it doesn't help, you know it kind of creates this burden on this 
person to kind of carry that knowledge with them when you want them to be able to enjoy certain books without having something looming over them you know mm-hmm. I don't know I, I guess that's me and especially no, I get what you're saying yeah you know and then because I would I, self-regulate yeah you have yeah you have to self-regulate because for, we have a responsibility to kind of understand what we're pushing out to mm-hmm. the community and though we may feel like some people are not ready like they're still going to take it into their own hands but we're adults and we're at a certain age where whatever we do is going to be very like it's going to be combed through with a fine tooth comb right Mm -hmm. and if we're pushing out a book that has like this specific theme in it to a girl who doesn't have her age on her profile and she's 13 and it's a book that is meant for like at least 17 year olds it's looked down on us because we didn't do our job right and so that's why we have to kind of be careful of like how we phrase our age ratings it's it's a hard it's too big of a a gap I think it is I usually just stick with what the publishers put up um sometimes I'll kind of vary it but for the most part if it's adult I'm like it's adult yeah. You could probably read it if you're 16, but it's labeled as adult. Um, and it sometimes it even makes me hesitant when I am reviewing like adult books, especially like if they're not a contemporary romance, which, you know, might have some smut, but it's a lot of fluff too. Mm-hmm. I get kind of weird about it because I'm like, I know what my intended audience for this recommendation is and I'm putting the age rating, but I'm still pushing it out there. And I know that like younger viewers can still see it. So yeah. I don't do it that much because I personally feel like a little bit uncomfortable and I like made a joke about it like censoring myself because of coworkers, because I have had coworkers find my videos but not just that it's on just like younger viewers I don't yeah. know like yeah. I'm not their parent but it still feels like part of my responsibility yeah, yeah. I think I think it also comes down to like y- you know your target audience so you d- you read a lot of YA you recommend a lot of fantasy books and stuff. So like mostly when fa- when it comes to fantasy, a lot of younger readers will gravitate towards you because a lot of younger readers are like, oh, I like to number of the ashes. Okay, I'll read We Hunt the Flame. Oh, I really like Saba Tahir. Oh, um, Renee Adier is really good. Like you kind of like snowball and especially when a creator pushes out those kinds of content. And then like if a creator randomly pushes, starts pushing out like smutty recommendations, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I kind of gradually, like, I never really recommended, like, I never am a recommendation person. I'm trying to get into that now where I'm starting to, like, recommend books that I've read and, like, review stuff um, because I posted a lot of just, like, meme cringe content for, like, most of my, like, TikTok thing. And then when I actually started putting out, like, worthy, like, oh, these are the books I think you should read that I I liked, people actually started following me and stuff. But how... um, when you when you first started your account and stuff did you think you were gonna get this like big because you are like compared to like other like outside of the book talk community there's like people who have like hundreds of millions of followers but like within the book talk community you're a pretty big creator how do you, did you think that was gonna happen when you first started no i was just posting for fun i was like a hundred people want to watch my videos like how exciting is that i um, so no yeah. when a hundred people watch like that when you get like your first thousand like first hundred followers you're like I'm big I've made it I've oh, made it you're like oh yeah. and then you get like your first thousand and you're like oh wow I'm it's amazing <laughs> it but like if you think about it like a thousand people like if you think about like I think we all look at the numbers we're like oh my god this is not that many people compared to like other people but then you're like 
a thousand people follow me if i mm-hmm. saw a thousand people in a room in a room yeah, yeah. like i'd I be stressed like <laughs> a lot of like people a lot of younger creators when they like look like oh i've only have like 100 likes but like what if every single i think i saw a tiktok about it is like what if every single one of those 100 people walked into the room to talk to you about that book that mm-hmm. would feel overwhelming like it, it's it's and the reach is amazing with book talk as well because i know people from like brazil i know people from australia and like mm-hmm. i never would have met these people if i had not joined book talk so exactly. i think but I, I'm kind of rambling. I don't know where I started or where I was going with this conversation. Grace is looking at me. She's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's I'm trying true, to though. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Because I think I get what you're saying. And like, yes, I would be lying if I said I never got hung up on likes or followers, but I really try to focus on like engagement. Cause mm-hmm. for me, I'd rather have more comments than likes because the whole reason I made my account was to talk to people about books because I love my friends. They're amazing. But most of my friends are not big readers or if they're reading they're like very much nonfiction self-help books like my mother and I we do not have similar reading tastes she likes to read a bunch of memoirs or Christian books um and so we share some of that but like she doesn't care about my dragon books you know yeah. um yeah so I'm like this community is where I get to talk to people who are reading books similar to me and get recommendations and do all that so that's what I care about I care about having people that like care about what I'm talking about and I care about what they're talking about we can just share our ideas yeah. yeah for sure because like at the end of the day it's about you making connections with people you know yeah. and, like those are the people that you end up looking forward to hearing from and especially like it's the best feeling in the world when someone tells you like oh I picked up that book that you recommended and I loved it or I I I swear my heart soars when someone reaches out to me and tells me that they loved it. Like, I think one of the main people who have come back to me with reviews uh, from books that I uh, like recommended to them was um, Hadil. She was like, she was always scared to start a book talk and then she started one and she, mm-hmm. and I was just like, just do like whatever you feel comfortable with posting, just post what makes you happy. And then she started doing that. And now she has like a good amount of following. And every time I talk about a book that I like on my, my Snapchat story or whatever, she'll like, Oh, I'm automatically adding this book. Cause I trust your recommendations. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, that makes I- me. I always trust Grace's recommendations. I, I am that person where Grace recommends me a book and I buy it automatically. Like I buy it within five minutes of her recommending it to me. Oh, yeah. I did it with the From Blood and Ash series. I literally like, she was like, Maggie, you have to read this book. And then I sent her a screenshot of my Amazon order. And I was like, I bought the first two. And she's like, this is why, this is why you are my friend. I love it, but it also stresses me out. So I'm like, I'm like, there's going to be that one book that I recommend that they're not going to like, and I'm going to feel so sad. I'm like, if you don't like it and I've gushed, you not tell me. I don't need to hear about it. No. I just don't <laughs> like it. In- yeah, but silently. it all comes to the subjectiveness. Like, I might like it, yeah. but you might not like it. And I think that's a very, there's like that, there's like a big thing going around book talk right now where it's like a lot of shaming when it comes to, oh, this person might have liked this book, but this other person might have might not have and then like communities of like different followers are like attacking other people and you're like that's not what we're about we're about reading and giving our opinions on it so that you can develop your own opinion and maybe read it and decide hey this person likes it i trust this person i like the books that they read maybe i'll like it 
versus if I went on to like a random person's page that I don't like any of the books they read, I don't read any of the books they read and they start recommend and they rec I didn't like a recommendation video. Well, obviously, because I don't like the kind of content that they like to read. So I'm obviously mm -hmm. not going to like it. And I think that comes down to like the maturity level of some followers in the sense that like they can't like they're like, oh, if you didn't like this popular book, there's something wrong with you or like you liked this really den of vipers. There are people who like den of vipers and no shame to them because that's you. That's you, sweetie. You can stay in your dark romance lane. I got a little scared from that book, but that's good on you that you like it. But then you see people who attack other people for not liking it and then mm -hmm. or liking it as well. And I think yeah. there needs to be this talk of like, stop policing people's opinions on the book and if they liked it or not. I think that's just, except if the book is very problematic, which we yeah. know like <clears throat> Emily Duncan, it's very anti-Semitic is written into it. And so I think that is when you're like, oh, I don't think we should be promoting that book. A lot of, I, I read the book and I was just like, I had no idea. And that's also why mm -hmm. I think book talk is because I had no idea behind it until Faye talked about it. And I was like, wow, thank you for educating me because I non-religious person, I'm white. I, I'm a white middle-class woman. I'm never going to be able to understand that. I, when I read it, I didn't have any preconceived notion about that. But then Faye told me and I was like, Faye made their video about it and I was like, wow. Like that is why I follow Faye's because like I follow a lot of creators that are diverse and stuff because I'm able to consume, I don't know where I'm going with this conversation, but I'm able to consume this content. I think that's what makes book talk really good. And I'm able to gather all these different opinions on people's reviews of books. That's where I was going with it. Circle right back. Good yeah. job. All okay. back around. Good I job. had to connect the dots in my head. I was like, where am I going with this? Ah, yes. Yeah. Following people for their opinions. And like, it's okay not to follow somebody if you don't like the books they read. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to kind of like, if it was your favorite book and you, you see a bad review coming, you're just like, oh, I don't want to. Pauline, <laughs> Pauline trashed one of my favorites, Comfort Series. Oh and I, I saw her do it on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, like, are you serious? You didn't like it? What's one of my, my uh, it's the Remnant Chronicles. So the Kiss of Deception. Yes. And then Brenna, chronically Brenna right now is reading the series. Yeah. And she, we've been messaging and she's like, I love it. It's so underhyped. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I have it. I have it on my shelf. It's somewhere. It's somewhere up there, but I have it. Yay, and yeah. I bought it because I loved the cover. And I don't know if you've ever read it, but the Valiant is like a tree trilogy. And it reminded me of that where it's like bad mm -hmm. badass women, warriors. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read the Valiant, but it's good. Yeah. Is I it, think there's a good twist in the first book, hence the name. Have um, you read his fair assassins trilogy by chance no it's on okay. um it's on my list okay because that's on my library because so. i have the second i have the the sequel i have the sequel as well up here but i have i've read the that series in the duology and that's a good like if you want like assassins women and gods that's the book series that i know reese reads mm -hmm. he recommends that book all the time and i was like Thank you. Somebody who shares my love for that series as well. Cause that's a good, like, it kind of the Graceling series realm. Is it like a different person each book? Right. Well, the first two kind of follow the same 
girl. And then the third, I haven't read, I have read part of Winter Keep. So I'm not, I think that's a whole new cast, but it brings in some old people. And then Bitter Blue follows Bitter Blue. Okay. So yes and no. Like it's a bunch of characters you've seen. You just get to explore different people's okay. kind of stories. Okay. Because yeah. like for that one, it's like a new person each book, but like it still follows like the main plot, like the main plot line, but like each mm-hmm. character's own story within that plot line. So that's a good recommendation of a YA book I can give anybody who's listening right now. Okay. I don't often read YA. <laughs> but like that that's the thing that I love too, is like as soon as you guys as soon as somebody starts talking about a book and I'm talking about another book series and then you realize you've read that series too oh my gosh and then you realize that you both love it it's like oh I found another person like me because mm-hmm. like there's some book series out there that nobody talks about like there's a series that I read um again in ninth grade I read a lot in ninth grade um it was uh, the ranger's apprentice and it's like a middle grade almost um fantasy book following a ranger who is apprenticing right and then I read it a while back ago I don't remember much of it but I remember feeling so like into it and then like flash forward now I'm on like you know book talk and like every now and then I'll see ranger's apprentice pop up and I'm like oh my gosh somebody else knows about that it did not fully exist in my library it has it's out there in the world and that's like the best feeling in the world knowing somebody else has read the same book as you yeah it is I haven't read that one but I know exactly what you're talking about I've never heard of it this is the first time I've ever heard her talking about it (laughs) sorry I should talk about it more no and it's good because it's a uh, like a male um main character which nowadays it's mostly like female characters which yes we love but like every now and then I kind of want a a book with like a male main character yeah I feel like it's really interesting to kind of like see their point of view and see like read it from their side guys Mm -hmm. think very differently well they do yeah and I also think YA is like not saying that the book world why I mean like romance is like one of the biggest industries so it's definitely women um dominated but like writing like YA and like romance is like the one place that women actually dominate above men and I love it because like I feel like men have everything in the world they get everything and it's like reading it's like yes but also I feel like there's some like like um Adam Silvera writes really good books um Aiden Thomas yes Mm -hmm. they write really good books but like I also kind of want to start reading more male POVs because I I I just feel like you know I sometimes get annoyed I'm like I'm like girl like why like I feel you but no (laughs) no 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 I don't want I want to sometimes see from like a man's perspective of like fantasy as well so my question is do you have any POVs from a male's point of view fantasy um, not like many Rose or king of scars <laughs> yeah um, i mean there's one i want to read so son of the storm um mm-hmm. is the first book in like a pre-colonial west african inspired world mm-hmm. and the author is a man the main character is a guy and so that is high on my tbr and then i read one of the few horror novels that i've read is the only good indians um which follows like four different um male povs and the author is a man (laughs) me looking through my notes because there's not many because i was very much like reading a lot of books by men when i was younger and then now i'm like Mm -hmm. women only and then i was like 
I saw a tweet that like, I was like, wow, that's actually a really negative rhetoric because yeah, what I really mean is like, I don't want to read so many books by cishead white men because I did that a lot, but there's so many like marginalized men, men of color, um, non-binary folks that I should be reading books from too. So I kind of checked yeah. myself and was like, I'm going to stop saying that because that's actually kind of a harmful rhetoric. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a thing that you kind of have to like understand that there is a, a, a line uh, and there was a box that we kind of put men into. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like a, it's kind of like a sad thing. Like, yeah, we want to uplift women and everything, but then we also want to create a, upstanding men to like, you know, be who they are and want to make them feel worthy without making them feel like, oh, you're a man, you can't you can't say anything, you can't be here, this is not a space for you, when that's not really how it should be, if we're, like, really promoting, like, you know, us being equal, and us all going for things, and women being able to have the same opportunities, you can't bash a a young boy who's growing up, and then, well, why should I even try, no one's gonna want me to do anything, I can't, you know, and I feel like it's kind of, like, understanding that line of like creating a safe space for women to thrive but then also understanding that men need to like step up and be upstanding men like Mm -hmm. good men where they're like able to uplift women but then also understand that they have a role to play too and that we both can grow together I, I don't know if I'm saying it right but like I don't feel like it's where one should get all of the sunlight and the other one is like pushed in the shady corner and left to kind of just sit there, you know? There's a Mm -hmm. way for all of us to thrive and it's good to open up your mind and open up your taste to reading other types of books by other marginalized characters, right? We're not just going for like the cis white man, we're also going for other men of color and other uh, non-binary, folks as well to broaden our scope of understanding you know be able to get that whole picture like Mm -hmm. we were talking about before you know there's so many different points of views out there that we need to all kind of get a taste of whether like you're fully diving into it or not but at least you understand that side and it's not whether like you end up agreeing with it or not but it's that you need to your understanding needs to be there and you Mm -hmm. need to be accepting of that yeah. sorry yeah sorry. no that was good no naps grace <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it goes into play with like the idea of diversity isn't just race it's also diversity in the sense of like non-binary LGBTQ plus but also like disabled representation I think is important I think we're starting to see that more which mm-hmm. is great because like I mean I've like every I have suffered with depression um anxiety and stuff and I haven't really had like a character who is like I haven't read a book especially in like the adult romance world where that is like a set like character trait that like it's not something that hinders them but like Talia Hibbert did really well with Get a Life Chloe Brown Mm -hmm. that was an amazing book and the rep in not just like it's a powerful woman, a woman that doesn't let her disability hinder her in doing anything really in life. Like she does a lot with her life, even though she does have a disability. And I think that's also needed to be more represent, 
represented, but also like not just female perspectives, but perspectives from all genders and all races is needed more. And that's why I like book talk is that you get those recommendations now. Like I probably wouldn't have found that out if it hadn't been for book talk. Like I would be able mm -hmm. to search for it, but it's mostly publishers putting out like, hey, this is, hey, for Pride Month, read these books for us. And then some people are like, well, this book isn't that good. And I'm like, well, thank you for letting me know. Cause like, I don't think, I think there's also this like idea of like every single book that has representation you have to like. And like, I, I've seen, I saw this creator, he was talking about how he didn't like children of blood and bone. bone and I think bone. I know who you're talking about. I think I've yeah. seen that video. He, he he didn't like it. And then a lot of the comments were coming for him. And I'm like, he's just, it has nothing to do with that. I think that's also like a thing where like, just because it has representation doesn't mean the plot is good. <laughs> I think that's also mm -hmm. where a lot of people take it too far and they think, oh, well, you're doing this and this. And it's like, no, I'm telling you the plot wasn't good. <laughs> and so I think a lot of, not reviewers, but the audience members need to keep that in mind that like, just because I didn't like the book doesn't mean anything when it comes to the characters or something or the representation in the book. It is the fact that I just didn't like the book. And mm -hmm. I think that's also a problem with the book talk community as well, is that sense of like, you're wrong. It's actually this way and you have to feel this way or we will hate on you, which I'm glad I have never gotten like, I've gotten like, questionable comments where grace has got off on them in the comments but other than that i've not i've successfully have not gotten any hate or d i like i don't even know how people get like dms from people who aren't following oh. you talk i've never yeah. gotten one of those i don't know how you get them i just can't so i I'm, don't want to know <laughs> i don't want to know how to look at them apparently like i sent like this guy a dm i mean like i didn't slide i mean i i slid Maggie, like, tell us more like, i didn't like slide into his dms i like slid into his dms for like not a like a proposal for something for the podcast uh, what kind of proposal like, it was a podcast proposal not like a shooting her <laughs> shot and blaming it on the podcast <laughs> She's like, hey, would you like to do an episode with just me? Yeah, do you think like, Grace won't be there? Like, like just if the recording will stay between us. We can just chat the whole time. No. no. But I I've like slid into other people's DMs when like I'm asking them something like, but like it always shows like, oh, you have like this many messages until they can reply. Yeah. I've never seen that feature before. Like where it shows you like, oh, somebody seems like on Instagram they have it but yeah it's um i've i've had that for quite a while on on tiktok it's always this thing so if you're not mutual followers of each other um it'll be that you can only send up to three messages to that person mm. and that's it until they accept you as like a friend so for example if um if i'm not following jenna and i decide to like reach out to her and i send her like three messages after that, I cannot send anything else until Jenna follows me back. And then we can have like open DMs, like normal. They have to follow you back? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, on um, TikTok, it's like restrictive. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they had to follow you back. I thought they just could accept it. They could, yeah. So if they accept it, they you can also message back and forth. Mm -hmm. Or the following is the easier way. 
that's a nice way if they decide to follow you back but yeah you could do it without i think without following because there have been a couple of people who have reached out to me with questions about books or whatever but um we weren't mutual they followed me but i did not follow them um and it was just like a normal conversation but i did have to like reply back to them it's like you have to open up the message okay Mm -hmm. but yeah so yeah yeah now um we have this game that we would like to play we're gonna do a little this or that just a couple questions of our followers are gonna ask we did an instagram response thing and it's a this or that for book ish this or that so the first one is paperback or hardback and now i'm looking at this question and then i'm looking behind you and i'm like i think i already know the answer yeah i mean i love a good floppy paperback but i'm more of a hardback person Mm -hmm. just for like longevity's sake yeah i i I think that too especially with like you're able to take off the dust jacket and like keep the dust jacket safe but apparently people throw those away did not know that for the longest time people throw Mm -hmm. away dust jackets like right when they get it they throw it away and i'm like could never that's like the best part yeah (laughs) all the art is like i saw i think i saw a tiktok video and they were like oh i thought they were just like you were supposed to do that and i was like no it's to protect the book. <laughs> I have alternate dust jackets for the Curse Breaker series and the original covers for those. I have those literally right behind, like yeah. tucked behind my shelf somewhere. They're there. They're not going anywhere. Will anyone ever see them again? Probably not. But am I going to throw them away? No. No. <laughs> yes. Same so, way. I think this, this question will be easily answered. Um, fluff or angst? angst angst yeah Yeah, for sure not even a question i don't know i I, i'm reading a lot of i mean i am reading like bully romances at the moment so like (laughs) angst is like really there but then like i read like my contemporary romances where like a lot of the fluff is like oh this is really cute like they're being together they're doing things together this is so cute they're actually dating i think that's after after a good amount of angst like like the friends to like lovers I'm kind of starting to drift towards that like the friends to lovers in my like contemporary stuff where it's like Grace and I are like ah like no we need enemies to lovers enemies to lovers all the way I need some tension like if they get together in book one I need some tension in book two to keep me going otherwise I'm going to be looking at the other enemy thinking maybe there's a possible second love in I don't know okay so we're gonna have have a series with different covers on the front or have Mm -hmm. some in paperback and some in hardback Ooh, um i'd rather do paperback and hardback i'd rather the series look like each other i I like how i have all of these questions and i just look right behind you and i'm like oh (laughs) all answered but i guess this is for our also spotify listeners who won't be watching this um for you is it greek or roman mythology background wait that's like very similar yeah but they're I'm more of a Greek background you're more of a Greek yeah, yeah that's what I think I just I don't know the I was mm-hmm. I was homeschooled um for a while and my dad actually took it upon himself like he went to he he has a degree in English literature so he's mm-hmm. very keen on like that so thanks dad um but then he was also big on like greek mythology and like teaching us all about that and like my brother and i fell in love and apparently when i went back to school um people my age did not have that and i'm like 
you guys did not have a Greek mythology face. Not Hershey no Jackson. Yeah. It. <laughs> That's how I got into it. So in Hercules. Yeah. Hercules that movie I actually saw this girl she does like tattoos she does like the Percy Jackson tattoos oh my god I don't know what you're talking about she's actually coming out with tattoos so it's like there she has like a Percy Jackson series tattoos where she did like tattoos on all the characters and she's Mm -hmm. coming out with them so like it's like the temporary tattoos and so you can get them and I'm like hold up I could have (laughs) tattoos and they be temporary hold on a second yeah. I, i'm gonna enjoy this especially if they're percy jackson ones um <laughs> so our next one is would you rather not read the first chapter of the book or never read the end the last chapter what not the first yeah i'm good they always reiterate it later i don't know yeah i mean that's true that's true that's but like, like some, Who yeah. so like some people like the last chapter like is just a fluff chapter so i'm like sometimes no I've had last chapters break my heart oh really switcheroo I mean I'm pretty like smut so like the last chapter is like the wrap-up chapter so I'm like okay I just like kind of speed through it but then if you chose that every time you would pick up a fantasy book if it's a cliffhanger you would never know that's true that's true but what if something happens in the first chapter that like never gets repeated until the very end no but then you still find out it's true I don't know. These are questions not from me. They're from all listeners. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Like, there are some pretty intense first chapters. Yeah. Like, there are some like chapters where it opens up, and you're like, "Oh, this would be good information to keep stored in my brain," because mm-hmm. like, I don't know. no, I still want the last that feeling of finishing the book at the end. That's mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I need- yes. So, would you rather have a full seven? long series like a seven a big book series or would you rather have a duology duology it's my favorite okay i think i think a lot of people like duologies are perfect like we mm-hmm. hunt the flame perfect duology but six of crows top tier duology i think everybody is loving on six of crows right now it is one of my favorite but also i think quartets are really good mm-hmm. i think a lot of people that quartet is like that sweet spot where it's like oh this is long enough that I can spend a while on it but also not too long where it's like oh this is dragging on so yeah but yeah I think my longest is like an 11 book series um 11 or 12 but that is like because I really liked that series but there's some that mm, like you said four five like yeah I kind of prefer that but two is good because two has perfect pacing yeah if you do a quartet or you do a trilogy there's always a book that has much of a drag yeah mm-hmm. there's can't help it it's the yeah. world building book that like it's that filler book that it's like okay you yeah. need to know this information to get to the end but like it's kind of just a filler to like fill you up with information not a lot happens in the book but it moves you on to the next book i feel like that's what reaper of the gate no torch against the night was for me in an ember in the ashes torch you might just not be a journey person though like do you not like journey travel stories I, I don't think that's so. what that was that's true because it was a big journey book grace hasn't read it yet but it was kind of like a journey and I was just kind of like okay where's I would book? like it I would I would probably like it because I do like the journey I like traveling because that's where character relationships are built that's mm-hmm. where people kind of learn about each other that's where they start sharing stories and start becoming a team 
you know, the journey is where they build if they're going to ride or die for each other in the final battle. So yeah. I love journeys. That is Grace, true. I'll give you a non-spoiler. So I liked Number in the Ashes more. I gave it five stars. Mm-hmm. But Torch made me cry. Oh. Okay. Well, that's the perfect because I cry every <laughs> time. So, yeah. I will say Elias in Torch Against the Night was like, hmm. That's not why I cried. I won't say because Grace is here. <laughs> but I, know I think what... the reason I cried, people like, it's not the reason, but yeah book kind of hurt me a little bit I, I I know I think that's probably why I didn't like it as much because it hurt me and I was like uh <laughs> you saw but you're not doing I think that's why a lot of people say sky beyond the storm really hurt them too and I was like nope. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm, not I'm scared I don't want to read it I our friend our mutual friend Kate she read it and she was like oh my gosh I already got a spoiler for it which I was so sad about I got a spoiler mm. for it and I was like it was a fan art too spoiler and it was like a month after the book came out but I was like I hate spoilers with a passion. So. I, hate, I, I hate them. And, but ha- my question is, have you ever had a book spoiled for you? Like that bad, a big spoiler? Oh yeah, Crooked Kingdom. I, oh, I haven't read it yet because it was spoiled. So I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah, with with books that I, I know that something's coming up, I put, I'm like, I'm not going to read this for a while. Like I was slowly making my way through Throne of Glass because like, mm-hmm. Like, I, I gotta get through it. I'm gonna do it, right? And I was really enjoying it. And then I hit a reading slump. And I think it was triggered by a couple of things right before I started Empire of Storms. And it was because I had seen a couple of things that popped up having to do with Empire of Storms and the last book. And I saw them, but I'm like, it's, it was like one of those things where you see it on your feed and you scroll past it, but your eyes are too fast that they mm-hmm. read it. But then it was like an inner mantra in my head. Like, nope, didn't see that. I don't see that. I didn't see that at all. I, I have what else is on here. I know that didn't happen. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And it's just like making myself forget it. And then also with Crooked Kingdom, because I feel like uh, I that too and I'm just like no 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 that didn't happen I, I it's I'm erasing it from my mind yeah still there so I'm like I'm not gonna read this for a while until like I almost forget mm-hmm. and then I'll get back to it I don't know I I I I know when Grace when Grace gets something spoiled to her she goes she like has to look away I actually two, two of us have spoiled something for her and she actively like you could see her like her mind regressing she's like nope like she's like <laughs> yeah I mean it depends on what the spoiler is too because some are like minor spoilers so it doesn't really mess you up and then some are like really big plot spoilers that you're kind of like wow I really didn't need to know that right now kind of ruins it for you a bit yeah, yeah, it does. Especially, and, I think a lot of spoilers happen on book Twitter as well. I know there was one big spoiler yeah. for Rule of Wolves on book Twitter, and I'm so glad I'm not on book Twitter because I have the book, have not read it yet, because I'm not in my YA phase right now. But I was just like, I was, I'm scared to read it because apparently, like somebody, somebody dies, and I'm like, oh, I don't really want, I don't know which character it is, and I'm scared. It's hard to be kind of surprised with books nowadays because, like, there's so many common tropes that you kind of see things coming foreshadowing is you know heavy 
So you mm-hmm. can kind of see things coming. It, it, it hasn't been, I'm not saying that that doesn't make the book less enjoyable because like, it's still a good book, but like you could see like this person was obviously a good person, not a bad person. This was, they, this, they were going to end up together. You know, those kind of hardcore tropes are sprinkled out through so many fantasy books in some variation that I haven't really been surprised surprised by a book unless I like literally know nothing about it and that's kind of hard when you just start to read like a popular book that a lot of people have talked about or have pushed you know um but the less I know about a book the better because I'm just like I want to feel like I don't know where this is going to end whether while I'm reading it I figure out oh they're going to end up together I still want to see it happen on its own and wonder what if there's a plot twist? What if, you know, because you want to be surprised. That first time reading a book is like so sacred. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Like, and yeah, you can, people who are just like, who come at people who are reading the book for the first time irritate me so much because it's just like, they're reading it for the first time. Let them come up with their own ideas and their own assumptions about the book their own thoughts, processing, everything of that needs to be their own. They can't go into the book with all of these ideas, with all of these like pre assumptions, with this idea that it has this type of trope, it has this type of person, it's um, this type of rep, whatever, though we do wanna push different and diverse books, but you want them to be able to discover it on their own because that sense of discovery is how somebody falls in love with the book. That's what makes the book shape them and become part of them is that it was theirs. That journey of them reading that book was wholly their experience. It wasn't tainted by what somebody said, whether it was good or bad, you know? And Mm -hmm. I feel like people kind of forget that, that beauty of being a first time reader of a certain book they must have felt that at some point and because if you're bashing a book or start over hyping a book it kind of takes away from that feeling you know just a little food for thought for you know when you read adult fantasy or like adult sci-fi I feel like you don't get that as much because I don't follow a lot of people who read those so I'm going into everything blind and it's great so and plus there's like they might do a standard trope in a different way. And so I've, I've been blindsided by some books and I'm just like, yes, I love this. So it's yeah, me going back. I think, I think that's why I want to start getting into more adult fantasy as well. Cause like, um, I, a lot of tropes are portrayed kind of the same way in YA versus like adult. It's like an adult version, but it always has a twist. Like adult, I always think that like adult fantasy books always have a twist that I never expect because like you can expect them from YA because it's like oh it's for a certain type of people but then for adults you're like oh it has to be a clever like twist I mean the the twist in Crooked Kingdom I'm not going to say what it was that did take me by surprise because I was like I broke I broke with that twist in Crooked Kingdom I was like oh no 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 but I think this is where we're going to be the ending. Um, it is kind of late, <laughs> later in the day for us, and we don't want you to stay up too late either. So I want to thank you again, Jenna, for coming on to the podcast. This was a great conversation. I think yeah, we covered yeah, great talking to y'all. a lot of topics. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of book talk topics, especially kind of our overall thoughts of the community 
Um, do you have anything to add, Grace? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming on and just chatting with us. It was really fun. And this is like our first time, like actually meeting face to face. Yeah. Over yeah. Online. So yeah. I think this is a great opportunity. And I know our listeners were, the listeners that are here listening now are genuinely enjoyed having this conversation with you. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. This was my first time doing a podcast. And I, I was a little nervous because, you know, never having spoken before and anything like that but this was very much comfortable for me so y'all are pros yes great thank you um do (laughs) you have any social media that you want to plug yeah yeah just really my instagram and my tiktok all jenna's lit pics and goodreads i think is the same but it's linked in like my bios so if you want to read written reviews if that's easier if you want more detail than my one minute that's you can find me there too yes yeah Yep, it's Jenna's lip picks, not Jenna's lipsticks. Let's reiterate that <laughs> one more time for people listening. It's lit picks. And don't mind me always saying lipsticks. <laughs> but thank you, Jenna, for coming on. Thank you for everybody who has listened up to this point. You know, we always air on Fridays at 6 p.m. Central on all platforms that is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and all of our Google Podcasts everywhere is 6 p.m. Central. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye, you guys. Bye.